Today's reading will be taken from the book of Galatians, chapters 6, verses 7 through 10. It's a very special thing to be a Christian, and it means so much. And what one thing it does mean is we're part of God's family. And that means a couple of things. One, that we reach out and help the world. And two, we're never alone because we've got each other. And we share our good times and we share our hard times with each other. And we're here to help. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Buenos dias. Soren, are you going to try translating for me? I'm going to speak in Spanish. That's what I do. No? First of all, I, uh, I want to say that I appreciate your fellowship, all this kindness that you are showing to me, all your good gestures, tells me that God loves me. It tells me that God cares about me. The hospitality that Gary and Eva and Dean have uh, shown to me, motivates me, uh, working with uh, True North, with the VBS, with all these people, uh, encourage me to love God even more, to serve Him more, and to do more for Jesus Christ. I admire the work that you are doing here. Um, in Mexico, you're doing a great job, and I came here, and I felt like uh, the Queen of Shiva. <laughs> Not even half was told to me of the good things that you are doing. In uh, Winnipeg, in Canada, in Mexico, and it seems like uh, everywhere, a lot of parts of the world. As uh, Gary said, I am the minister for the Oak Ridge Church of Christ in Vancouver. Um, when I moved to uh, Vancouver in 1988, I had no idea what was going to happen to me. I, I never came to Canada to become a preacher. 
far less to become a preacher to the English-speaking congregation. And there I'm here in the heart of Canada, speaking English to you, uh, and preaching in English. Um, when I came to uh, Vancouver, I had no adequate knowledge of English. I could not even say a prayer in English. And so, I am here. In 2003, the leadership of the congregation asked me to become their full-time worker. So, I've been there since, uh, since 1988. Same congregation. Only that now my role is as the uh, preacher of the congregation. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up, I'm the sixth of a family of 11 kids. Very large family. Life was tough. It was uh, difficult. It was difficult. Um, my father, a farmer, struggled a lot uh, to provide the basics, the basic things for the family. But I also remember those times that very good times. I remember those times, even to this day, times of joy and happiness as I was growing up. I'm from El Salvador. If you know anything about El Salvador, you know that a lot of bad things happened in the uh, 70s and 80s. There was a civil war. But when I was growing up, a little kid, so we had a lot of freedom. There was no war at that time. So we could go around in the neighborhood, play with the other kids. And I think my mother would uh, want me to be outside playing with the children because that will free her from uh, me asking her to do something for me that it was not in her, in her capacity to provide it for me. It was better for me to be outside. Also because of the circumstances that and maybe some of you can relate to this, growing up in this family, uh, children begin to work at the very early age uh, with their parents up in the field. Sometimes the work is too hard for them, and that happened to me. So a school became a refuge to me. Uh, I, we, uh, they divided the school into, uh, into sections, those who go in the morning or those who go in the evening. So if I went to a school in the morning, I had to go work in the evening. If I went to a school in the evening and the afternoon, I had to go work in the morning. So I, I, I really like going to a school because I could play and I can be me and do the things that I wanted to do. Too hard to be working. So recess was something very special for me. Someone uh, in Vancouver told me, he said, you know, Milton, I think your childhood was a very happy childhood. And when he said that to, uh, to me, I, I was thinking, was it? It was hard. But at the same time, I thought, maybe it was. Maybe it was good. 
maybe it was good. And so if there is something that I can uh, uh, give credit to uh, an institution is that school. Because it was in that school that I had some attention. It was in that school that I learned to be me. It's in that school that I can relate to others as my as a peer. So, um, for example, um, when I was growing up, and still my kids said that I have some skill uh, playing soccer. So remember when a teacher, good teacher, very kind teacher, came to me and he said, you know, would you like to be the captain of the soccer team? I felt so good about that. I said, wow, really? Among all these people, you want me to lead the team? He said, yes. So, and that was good, leading me to lead, the, to be the captain of that small town where I live, of the soccer team. That was very good. Not only is school play a very important part in my life, but also church. Church was another big part of my life. As, uh, as most kids in, uh, in the 60s and 70s, uh, grew up in El Salvador, you, you grew up in Catholic families. So I grew up in a Catholic family. Um, I did catechism, and pretty soon I became an altar boy. And um, so, very involved with the church. And I remember with fondness, a priest. You know, sometimes you hear stories about priests. But there is a priest I remember with great fullness because he was very kind. He was very gentle. Um, and there are three stories, the little stories that I, uh, uh, they go with me. And one is, again, uh, growing up in a small family, so many kids, you don't have modern toys. You, uh, you get handmade toys. And on this occasion, the priest brought us a bouncing ball. And I was so happy with that bouncing ball. You know, it went with me everywhere I went. Not many kids had a bouncing ball. They didn't have a bouncing ball. Only three kids in the whole town had bouncing balls. And we were very, so happy and so proud about that bouncing ball. On another occasion, he brought me a book. A picture book. And the book was about uh, a deacon. A deacon who, who went to bring the communion to this couple somewhere. And on the way, I, I think the story is happening in Jerusalem somewhere there because when he was on the way to bring the communion to the couple, he was stoned. And die. And I don't know, but that book made such an impact on me. It brought tears to my eyes. And I've been looking and I've been Googling, what's the name of that book? I left it. I, I don't know where that book is now. And I wish that I could find that book. But it was a great thing he did. Another thing was that I remember one Sunday... We, I was going to help him to do the math. 
And for some reason, I felt so nervous. I don't know why. I couldn't help him. I couldn't help him. And so, very understanding, he said to me, Milton, okay, lay down on this bench. The other two are going to come with me. We're going to get things ready. And you just lay down there and breathe. Breathe. So, later, five minutes later, he came back and he said, how do you feel? And he, uh, I said, I feel better now. So he said, can you help us do the reading, the gospel reading? And I said, yeah, I'm okay now. I'm okay now. So I went and I'd, uh, I helped with the mass. I want to tell you another story. And this happened to me when I was fleeing El Salvador and coming to U.S. Uh, I came to Mexico City. And I came to live with a couple, old couple. I think they were 50, like me. My children call me old now. Um, so, so I came to live with them. And this couple were, I don't know, they were so kind. And they, uh, they were Catholics too. They uh, pray every morning for the meals. They read the Bible. Um, they took me all over Mexico City. I, I don't know. I, I went to a lot of places in Mexico with this couple. And to this day, I remember them with great appreciation for what they did for me. I'm not a Catholic now, and I'm here, not here to <laughs> tell you become a Catholic. Uh, but... I remember those people with such a great appreciation for what they did to me. Even now when I go to Mexico and work with True North, God impresses on me that couple. I'm going back and I'm giving something back to, to those people that helped me when I was coming to U.S. in 1984. That was, I, I was 20 years old at that time. The point is this, that I believe that in all these things, God was showing me that He loves me and that He cares for me. He was reaching out to me. He was speaking to me, reminding me that I was his son, that I am his son. I had a, 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 a spiritual crisis, and I can tell you all about that, but I'm not going to do that today. But I believe God was speaking to me. Even every one of these good things they did to me, the strangers, the people that didn't know me, I think what they did sustained my heart so that I... One day, in Houston, Texas, I became a Christian. I accepted the Lord and was baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And I wonder if these people ever realize how much they were influencing my life. I wonder if they realize what they were doing to me how they were changing my life, how they were contributing 
to changing my life. Did they get tired? I think that whatever they were doing to me, they, they might have been doing that to other people. Did they get tired about doing all this good? Maybe. Maybe. But even to this day, I, as I do ministry and I work with the church in, uh, in um, Vancouver, and now I'm relating to you these stories. I appreciate what they did. The good that they did. So the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians, in the reading we were doing this morning, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In the remainder of my, this minute, I want to share with you four observations that I made in the passage. There are many others that you can make, but I just want to make four observations. And the first one is that we are provided with opportunities to do good. We are provided, every one of us, is provided with opportunities to do good. He said, the, the Apostle Paul said, Therefore, as we have opportunity, as we have opportunity. Have you ever wondered how opportunities to do good come into our life? How do they present to us? As Christians, we do not believe in coincidence and lack. As Christians, we believe that there is a God who ordered our life, ordered works, and provides the opportunities for us, for His children, to do good. He does not force those things upon us, but He waits for our response. And He waits and He expects that we, for our own benefit, we will respond in a positive way and do what He has worked out and provided that opportunity for us. The Lord Jesus Christ put it this way. He said in John chapter 9, 4 and 6, As long as it is day, we must do the works of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work while I am in the world. I am the light of the world. Jesus said, we must, we must. Sometimes we argue, sometimes we rationalize, sometimes we have meetings, how are we going to... And Jesus said, no, we must. And we forget the must. I forget the must. Jesus saw everything that He did as the work of God. There were no coincidences for Him. Whatever He taught the people he taught, even the places he taught. It was a fulfillment of God's plan. There was this urgency and precision in everything he did. And I asked myself, can we say that of us? And the answer is, if I'm a Christian, if I believe in God, if I'm a child of God, I say, yes, I can say that. I can say that. 
And the Apostle Paul, that's what he said in, uh, in Colossians 4 and 5, made the most of every opportunity. To the Ephesians, he said, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. When I was reading some of, uh, of the material about this, I found this quote from Barnes, and I'm going to have maybe three quotes. Barnes' commentary says, We are favored with the opportunity. It is not that we are to do when it is convenient, or when it will advance the interest of a party, or when it may contribute to our fame. The rule is to do it when we have the opportunity. That's the first observation. God provides opportunities for us to do good. The second observation is, in the passage it says, we have a special obligation to do good to one's own. One's own. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers, says the Apostle Paul. This is where doing good begins, according to the Bible. In one's own home. In one's own church. First Timothy 5a said, Anyone who does not provide for their relative, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbelievers. We have a special obligation to those in our home, to our parents, to our siblings, to our brothers and sisters, to our children, to our husband, to our wife. It begins there. In the church, we have this obligation, a special obligation to do good to the brothers and sisters. And I can see how the elders of this congregation care about you, about the people that meet here. I have heard Dean gave me a good tour yesterday of the building, of all the facilities. And I'm, I'm going there, wow, 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 wow. Everything. And I hear about all the things they are doing. Uh, as Gary was saying, we had, been, we had meetings. And the concern is also, how can we have this meeting here? How can we encourage these people here? What can we do here? So I see that you, you're doing a great job looking after the congregation. Are there things, more things that can be done? Yes. So it begins here. It is within the context of the family of the church that we learn to do good and we go up there to do good. And so we must encourage our own to do good. So number three is that we are to do good to all people. Let us do good to all people. Someone said our kindness is not limited to believers but it's to be shown to all people. And this is what Barnes says, the commentary. Not only to our, where to do good, not only to our family, not only to our party, not only to those who live in the same land with us, but to all mankind. If we can reach and benefit a man who lives on the other side of the glove, whom we have never seen, and shall never see in the world or in the world to come 
still we are to do good to Him. In the book of Acts, we are told this about our Lord Jesus Christ. He went around doing good. Uh, uh, he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazarene with the Holy Spirit and power, and how He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. But to those who received Him, He gave the right to become children of God. But Jesus went around. He went to the Samaritans, he went to the Tyre, he went to Sidon, he went to the Decapolis, he went different places. He went around, he went through doing good. Doing good, says the Bible. And when he was teaching the apostles, his disciples, he said in Matthew 5, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why does God want us to do good? Why does God want His children to do good? Why? Because this is God's nature. That is who God is. This is who God is. Is. This is what He does. He causes the sun to rise upon evil and on those who are good. He sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Because in the end, we are all His children. We are all children of God. He is our Father. He is our Father. He made us. He created us. His concern is for us, old, for all His creations. He wants us to do good because in doing good, we show others the love of Jesus for the world, for everyone. And by doing good this, we speak of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Of the love of Jesus Christ. Who Jesus Christ is. Gregory Alan Tidwell says. All the good we do. Glorifies God. All the good we do. Glorifies God. So Paul will say. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And then John Wesley said. Do all the good you can. In all the ways you can. To all the people you can. As long as ever you can. Especially to those of the family of believers. But also do good to all people. All people. And the last observation is that we are not to become weary, says the passage. We are not to become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It has happened to me, and it happened to me, and it will happen to me. I was weary of doing good, and one of the reasons is that I don't see the results sometimes. I don't see it, and I get impatient. And I wanted to see right there, right now, show it to me. 
And because I don't see it, then I start to worry about. Is this all right? Is this good? We don't see the tangible results. But I think we need to trust God. We need to trust God. We do good and let the rest up to the Lord. And we are told in the Bible the harvest time come at the very end. Every good deed will have its reward. Jesus said, even a cup of water given in my name will, is not going to lose its reward. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that the, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Our concern should be, as Jesus said, I must do the works of God. Our concern should be, let us do good. Let us do good. But sometimes we have the question, for how long can we do good? And I think the answer is on the cross. For how long can we do good? The answer is on the cross. Until it is said, it is exhausted. It is finished. There is no more. But then again, the Bible said that the one who provides seed to the sower will provide that seed for us. Trusting God. Trusting God. Barnes says, again, he said, no matter how often that occurs, no matter how many objects of benevolence are present, no matter how much self-denial it may cause us, no matter how little fame we may get by it, still, if we have the opportunity to do good, we are to do it. And should be thankful for the privilege. And I just, as a conclusion, first of all, I like to say that what Central is doing in Mexico is such a good work. It's a wonderful, it's a great work. And God has given you an opportunity to serve the people and you are obedient and you're wise and you're taking that opportunity and making the most of it. And your concern, the people that I talk to, is how do we make it the most? How do we make the most of this opportunity? How can we reach more people with what we are bringing? Also, I want to thank you for inviting me to be here it has been a treat. It is a blessing to be here. It's amazing getting to know these people. Getting to know your wife's team, Tim, and your daughter. Uh, I don't know about you. I was reading in the bulletin. You didn't tell me last night. Okay. Yeah. But it's good to meet you. I'm going to go home and I'm going to feel so blessed. But more importantly, for the opportunity to be with you in Mexico. In Mexico. It's a hard work. It's a hard work. And the problem with me is that at the end I feel like I didn't do anything because I only translate 
It's heirs. Okay? However, those people that are building those buildings, they can show something and say, look at here. In me, I have nothing to show. <laughs> and yet, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Um, just the other day, my son Joseph, they went, my daughter went the, uh, two, uh, last year, my children, two boys went last year, and uh, Joseph, Soren knows Joseph, and Joseph is singing, Trabajar, Trabajar, Trabajar. Okay. That means to the work, to the work. And then very often I heard my kids singing, Donde? Donde? Okay. And those are the songs that the children sing in Mexico. And they are so happy singing those songs. And so we come home and we are still talking about that. And I love it that my kid, my daughter said, you know, I've been some places in U.S. I had traveled U.S. But I never enjoy it like the way I enjoy it that year in Mexico. It was really good. It was feeling, fulfilling. It was meaningful to me. I don't know why I had not gone before. And one of the, uh, talking with one of members of this congregation or another congregation, not from Vancouver, he said to me one day, we were, um, they were nailing some stuff on the roof and we were just sitting there. Uh, and he said to me, some of these people say that they come here to give. To help the people of Mexico, the children of Mexico. You know, I think I came here and I receive more than I give. So that's how it feels for many of us. It's not that we just go and do there. It's that we go and we bring something back with us. So, let us not grow weary in doing good. Let us continue to do good. Sometimes we get a little tired. And we say, no, I'm tired. And I wonder if the Lord is going to owe me at the end of this. No, the Lord is not going to owe you. Nothing. In fact, you can give your life on a way to Mexico. And you still will owe the Lord your salvation. And He is not charging you for that at all. He wants to give you a crown at the end of all of this. The labor in the Lord is not in vain. But the last thing, and this is, I'm speaking to you. If you are not a Christian, if you're not a Christian, and you're visiting this church for the first time, or you have been here, and you are still wondering about making a decision for the Lord. Do you know why Central is reaching out to you? Do you know why they are doing all these good things to you? I want you to remember that when they shake your hand, when they give you a hug, when they invite you for a cup of coffee, they are not just doing that 
for sake of doing it. They are channels of God. God is speaking to your heart. God is telling you, I love you. I care about you. I want you home. So remember, whenever they give you a hug, whenever the two sisters who were passing the bulletin, all these things, they spoke to me and they are speaking to you. These people do these things because of the same reason Jesus Christ came to die for the world. Because He loves you. He is reminding you who you are and how much He loves you. It will be nice if today or tomorrow you do good by accepting the Lord. God bless you and thank you again for inviting me.